Does your business have a figurehead, a character, or perhaps a really strong brand? Why? Because according to Jordan Childs of Mashgang, you have to choose one of these parts, and it's something that becomes really important later down the line. Hello and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. We're only two months into 2024, and this year has been somewhat seismic for Mashgang, the producers of high-quality, small-batch, low-and-no-alcohol beers. In addition to a wealth of new beer releases, the team announced that they are significantly boosting their output after securing major investment from tech investor Ryan McCary. The investment process, managed and advised upon by Daniel Finn, who's the brewery sector lead of Brabner's LLP, marks a pivotal moment in Mashgang's journey. Fueling its growth strategy and also reinforcing its commitment to producing best in class beer. The investment aims to position Mashgang as one of the UK's largest non alcoholic brands, with production upscaled to 500,000 units in a single run. And last month, we invited Jordan to speak at our Brewers Lectures event hosted at Asvex Brewing Company in Liverpool. In this episode, Jordan explains how in beer we all come from different starting points and why there is no such thing as a mistake, just an opportunity to learn. He also asks if you're engaging with your consumer base and also why it's important to choose a path and to stick to it. Okay, so I had a totally different presentation I was going to do. And then uh, I rewrote this on the train. So it's not fun to look at like it's black and white, but the context of it hopefully will be very, very valuable to you guys. We started out with nothing. We've still got most of it left. When we started our business, we truly had nothing. And I mean, like, literally nothing. Not like we had nothing, but my dad was super rich and owned Marston's or anything like that. There was, like, really nothing, nothing. And the reason I want to tell you that is because a lot of people's stories will start, and you'll get so excited about them and think, these guys are self-starters, I can't believe it. And then when you look back, it's kind of not true. But we really did it. And if we could do it, anyone could do it. That's the thing. So when people say, there's no such thing as a mistake, it's just a learning curve, not when you've got no money. Every mistake you make is a dangerous thing that can affect you and can take you from doing great to going under. And how many of our friends have we seen go under in the last few years? So I think that there's a way of starting a business and running it that is fairly simple to get hold of. Your business needs to either have a figurehead, a character, or the brand itself. And you have to choose one of those paths, and it becomes, it becomes really important later down the line because it will shape how your marketing, how your content is handled. And, and there are various pros and cons. Now, one of the things that we've done with our business because we had absolutely cool money was to completely and utterly game every system that we had available to us. And what we would do is find how to leverage every little thing that we could to make as much money from it as possible with the least amount of effort. And that's not through being lazy. There's just a few people in our business and that is it. That's who we have. That's what we've got. The entire business at Mashgang is run globally by four full-time people. 
and one of those people is on tour with his band half of the time and works on a laptop on a bus. So, like, when I say there's nothing, there is nothing. Um, I would say that when you're doing marketing and one of the most important things about this is just don't spend any money on it, just spend your time on it. There is no point in spending loads and loads of money on slick videos and things like that when people will watch them for 30 seconds. I would actually even advise against making things really slick because in a world where AI and stuff like that exists, people actually love authenticity. You know, even if you're a piece of shit or you're kind of a, a, a really weird, awkward person, it's preferable to the polished version that takes forever to produce. So what we do is we chose one particular marketing stream and we stuck to it. And there's two parts. I say it's just Instagram Reels, but it's Instagram Reels, Instagram and mailing lists. Those are the things that you need. There's no marketing plan and it's totally and utterly reactive. Whatever needs to happen on the day is the thing we do and that's it there's no like oh we're going to do a launch next week we do this no bullshit throw it out the window do whatever you need to do on that day you must take less time to do the job than the return on investment of doing the job so there's a great metric in instagram reels that i use all the time it tells you in a week how long people spend watching those reels on average 10 to 15 hours of people's time is spent on that and i'm like i need to spend less time than that Honestly, every kind of bit of content I make takes less than 15 minutes to do. And it's rough around the edges, but it doesn't matter because people look at it and they either take it in and it becomes a sale for you or it doesn't. God bless you. Unless that was like, woohoo! In which case, hell yeah. Another dab for you. Um, so one of the most Im important things is like, we did a, a drop on Friday that I thought about for less than 15 minutes, 20K in the bank. And it, 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 you, we didn't need a strategy or anything. You just need to be authentic and put it out there. The other thing is once you put something out there, you need to actually look after it. And that means when people comment on it, you comment back, you actually spend that time curating your customer base. And a lot of you guys are thinking, I work in the brewery industry, I'm a brewer, I don't give a shit about marketing. But this is a cheat code. This is a way to, to secure your business with, in ways that bigger companies can never, ever, ever compete with you. Because when you come down to it, it's about caring about what you make and what the customer's experience is like. And this is what will be important. So there's two parts to this, and we call it managing both ends of the bus. Front end, sales, and then at the back end, support. We also use things like Discord, and Telegram to, uh, like to interact with customers and fans. And it's really fun because our customers and fans are people like us. We're not pretending to be anything different to make more money. We're just regular people interacting with regular people. I would also say some people will not like what you're doing. That is great. You are not Coca-Cola. You're not Heineken. If some people don't like what you're doing, that is good. That means you're on the right way because the people that love you will love you even more for it. When I talked about driving the back end of the bus, we did something because it was the right thing to do, but it had a really unpredictable, really, we, we couldn't have planned for it. Great customer service is one of the best investments you'll ever make. 
And it's, it's so strange that that would be the case. We actually use a lot of AI around it. And if any of you guys want to talk to me about it afterwards, please call me and I'll explain how it works. But what we do is we have a problem with a customer. Maybe they don't get their delivery. Maybe they get the wrong delivery. Maybe the delivery gets lost, it gets damaged, whatever. The first thing we do is we make good. We correct it, we prevent it, and we make it our problem, not the customer's problem. How many times have you tried to get something sorted when you're purchasing something and they make it your problem? That's the wrong thing to do. So good customer service is the cheapest, most effective sales strategy that you will ever encounter. And it's the silent sales funnel because those people talk and they talk a lot. Just as much as people that get shit customer service talk a lot. While I'm at it, the length of time between a customer ordering a product from you guys and getting it is absolutely critical. In fact, it's one of the largest metrics that we have. We make sure that a customer re receives a product within a time frame that is absolutely insane. If they order something by 1 p.m., they must have it the next day. They simply must. And that's a rule we stick to. We also found by accident, if you engage your customer base and you talk to them, it doesn't have to be a sale. You can talk about anything that you're interested in because likely the customers are interested in similar things to you. So before you know it, you have this dedicated, supportive group of people that will do a lot of the heavy lifting. They will be doing the marketing for you simply because they like you. And you know what? You like them too. It's not a game. It's not a gag. It's not anything like that. A community, a grassroots community will be one of the most important assets that your business will ever have. Maintaining them takes time, energy, and commitment. But when things go right, they'll be cheering for you. And when they go wrong, they'll be going into bat for you because they know essentially you're good people doing the right thing. Now, the other side of this coin is exactly the opposite, and it's the cascade. Times are tough, and they have been really, really, really tough, more difficult than ever to keep the attention of the con consumer. And how can you fight these unprecedented, unpredictable fires and stay in the room? You have things like the energy crisis, one of the most bizarre things that just came out of nowhere. Congratulations. We're now putting a number of zeros on your business's energy usage that was absolutely going to decimate any chance you've ever made in a product. It's, it's the most destructive thing that ever happened to the industry. And it came after COVID, which came after Brexit. How can you weather so many storms over and over again? You can't. But it becomes deadly, a self-fulfilling prophecy of failure when you don't take care of the little things because these horrible big things are happening. You will never compete on price. So the experience the customer gets no matter how hard things are, no matter how much pressure you're under, that is the toughest thing that you need to do, is not fall into the black hole. And I'm probably gonna say a lot of you guys felt like that was happening and it was unsustainable, but we got out of that and now we're here. After, before I get to the hard truth bit, my genuine feeling is this is the summer of recovery that you will see. The hard work that you have done will be repaid in dividends this year. It's been very, very difficult, but this summer will be the one where you actually get to recoup all of those co costs that you've laid out. But this bit's difficult to hear. I keep hearing craft beer breweries complaining that the market's saturated, but it, it's not. No market is saturated. It isn't. When liquid death came into the water market, there they were. And it's like, oh, they were doing something different. Do something different. 
The offerings often are not good or diverse. And frankly, some breweries are phoning it in and then complaining that it doesn't work anymore. It's not 10 years ago. You need to be involved. And we get it. Founders are exhausted and weary, but you need people that carry that energy in the business. It's your responsibility to do this. And this year will be the year it gets easier. You can literally bell. For a lot of brewery founders, it has been very easy to get lost in detail and grind and forget about the very thing that drove you to this position to do this. There are so many easier jobs that you could do in beer. You just make lager, you know, which I love by the way. But customers can tell that you're weary, tired, and they know what you're going through. They know when you're just going through the motions. So it's crucial, right, the leadership from the top, from the brewer itself, to rekindle your love affair with craft. And that's what we see. Discovering, rediscovering the joy of brewing, the thrill of creating new, something personal. When brewers are in love with what they do, it shows in the product, and that love is very, very contagious. Because that contagious love is what brought everyone in this room here in the first place. You didn't come here to make money, because there are plenty of other ways that you could have done it that were easier. This is what makes the brewery stand out. This is what turns a casual drinker, your Stella fella, into your loyal fan. But the customer does not owe you anything. When I say I changed my entire presentation, quiet at the back, changed my entire presentation on the train here, I saw one or two breweries complaining about dry January. Customers do not owe businesses their patronage. We have capitalism, which means that you compete with other businesses. If your customers are good on widgets for the month, trying to guilt them into buying more widgets is not a winning proposition. So dry January is an example. I wasn't posting everywhere in December. Don't forget about your NA brand when you're going having fun at the parties. But going back the other way and, and moaning, January has always been downtime for breweries. Putting dry January name on it, no one's going through excess in January because they hit it hard in December, even if they pretended not to. This downside, this peak and trough would exist regardless. This is a planning issue, not a fad. Own it, plan for it accordingly. One of the final parts in here, slide 32 of 80. I'd do a bag of Coke before I started writing this. Jesus Christ. We'll be here until... The... I'll stop in a minute. Jesus. <laughs> One more dab. Is everyone welcome? This is an appendix to the post above. Changing attitudes to alcohol have had a profound effect on the beer industry. But these cultural shifts are as much driven by business than personal choices. And this is something I bring up quite often. When I worked in the banking industry over a decade ago, my boss had a bottle of scotch on his desk. At lunchtime, I went out for no less than four pints. If I did that in the banking industry, HR would pull me straight in and talk about my problem. You know, and that's, that cultural shift has happened. 
If your choices are welcoming at all hours, you can be busy all hours. And that means a wide variety of ABV choices in your bar. Everything from an NA choice to a table beer to a, your dipper, your tipper, and your cocktails. I like an old-fashioned too, man. You know, we say whatever it takes to stay in a round. And that Lucky Saint bar, I thought that was the dumbest idea until I actually went to it. It's one of the smartest moves I've ever seen in the industry. Does anyone have any questions? Apparently not 80 slides, that's all of the slides. That was the end of my presentation. Any questions on anything? The Brewers Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by Tim Shield. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And special thanks to Jordan Charles of Mashgang.